kicked off a series last week called Schooled. We've been talking about living by the wisdom of God. And wisdom is God's insight into our life and our circumstance. Today I want to build on that a little bit because wisdom is living your life um, not harder but smarter. Smarter but not harder. It takes wisdom in order to do that. Uh, yesterday we had a group of guys that were up here at the church. They were picking weeds and they got the idea that it would be best to get a blowtorch and to just fry the weeds, you know? It's a lot of hard work to bend over and to pull the dandelions, amen? And they got a propane tank, and I'm telling you, man, our campus has never looked so awesome. I mean, I don't know if that's illegal or I don't know if it's environmentally sensitive. Please don't tell me otherwise, but this place was looking awesome. And I, I looked over, and these guys were having a blast. They were blowing up the ants. They were blowing up the weeds. It was, it was just awesome. And I thought, well, we're working smarter, not harder. A few uh, years ago, uh, one of my kids was kind of struggling with their grades. And um, I said, what you need to do is don't wait till the night before the test, but study a little bit every day. So, so in other words, like, don't wait, don't wait till 10 p.m. the night before. Like, study a little bit every day for your subjects. Then when you get to test time, you'll be prepared. You'll be ready. And they went from making B's and C's to making pretty much straight A's. And they started working smarter, not harder. Smarter, not harder. We have a church member I was talking to this last week. She cooks all Sunday afternoon and into the evening, like from 2 to 6 p.m. on Sundays for the entire week. Maybe you've heard of people that do that before. <laughs> I was kind of new for me. And I thought, why in the world would somebody want to cook for six straight hours? And she said, Pastor, it's working smarter, not harder. Then I've got it all done for the whole week. Well, you know what? When the wisdom of God is in your life, you can work smarter, not harder. And when you live by the wisdom of God, you'll be a contrarian. You'll do things differently. You're different. That's why it's called wisdom. If everybody was doing it, it wouldn't be wisdom. Amen? You're going to be a contrarian as you live by the wisdom of God. And one of those areas that God wants us to be contrarian is in the area of finances. And you know, the Proverbs has a lot of wisdom to say to us about the management of money. And I'm really excited to share some of these verses with you today because a lot of people are struggling with debt. A lot of people are struggling with stress related to money. And, and perhaps the greatest area of fear and anxiety that we face is related to finances. And if you have some stress related to money and your income, then man, you need to take some notes today. I got to tell you, because God doesn't want you to just work harder. He wants you to work smarter. And the Proverbs gives us some wisdom about that. In fact, all throughout Scripture, the Bible challenges us to put together a new equation when it comes to finances. Because a lot of people think, well, it, to have my finances in order, I need to work hard, I need to save, I need to plan, and then I need to push the repeat button. And I need to do that over and over again. But Scripture actually inserts a, another part of that equation, and that is generosity and giving. And giving and generosity does so much for us spiritually. It does so much for us 
when, when we live by faith and we begin to activate the blessings of God in our life, and it really is an amazing thing. And I want to challenge you today as you live a little smarter and you're not just working harder to live by God's principles related to generosity because I think it could have a profound impact on your financial situation. An amazing impact there. In fact, the Bible teaches us that tithing is God's way of practicing generosity. The tithe is that that tenth portion, that 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 first fruit, that first portion that goes to God. Sometimes we hear the word tithe and we think, well, what does that mean exactly? The word tithe doesn't mean just to give. The word tithe actually means tenth or the tenth portion. So, for example, if I have an income of $1,000, the, the tithe is 100 Or if, if, if I have the income of $100, a tenth, $10, belongs to God. And I want to show you from the Proverbs how tithing and how generosity is a part of the wisdom of God. Maybe you've thought about these things before, but maybe you haven't. And I want to give you six things today. I want you to write those down on your outline. Follow along with us today because I really believe this could begin to be a game changer for you in the area of your debt, your finances, your future, your faith, and your stress and anxiety. Here's number one. Why should I tithe? Why is it wise to be a giver? Number one, it honors the Lord. Okay, I mean, it honors God. It honors God. Look at Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. It's always wise to honor God. Amen? I mean, you know, you you think, well, uh, honor. Yeah, honor the Lord. I give. Sometimes we think about giving. We're like, I don't want to let go of that. Well, but it honors God. It honors the Lord. Proverbs 3, 9 challenges us in that regard. And the first fruit is the first portion of our income. In the ancient world, people didn't have Apple Pay. They didn't have debit cards. They didn't have all of the modern conveniences that we have to buy and spend money. And people gave out of their crops the first fruits. That first tenth went to the house of God. It went to the house of worship. And so Proverbs is saying to us, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. And Leviticus 27 elaborates on this a bit more. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart as holy. In other words, that belongs to God. Now, God has given you everything that you have. Did you know that? The car that you drove to church in today, that's from God. Your bank account is from God. Your job is from God. In fact, the Bible even tells us that your ability to earn money is from God. Some of you are really gifted in business or in sales or you know, you're an educator or whatever it may be. And, 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 and you know how to do your job at a high level. That is from the Lord. That's from God. That's God's blessing in your life. That's a good thing. And he says here, one-tenth, that first portion, belongs to the Lord. That first part. In other words, it's not a religious obligation, but it honors God. We don't give to God because I'm going to feel bad if I don't. I'm going to feel guilty. 
I'm going to feel shame. I have to do this. No, it honors the Lord. It honors God. That's a privilege. Amen. That's good. It honors the Lord. It honors him. Now, anytime you have honor in a relationship, you set the stage for a healthy, a healthy relationship. In the home, in a marriage, honor is always a good thing. We need to honor our wives, guys. Wives, you want to honor your husband. And so, so I'm always asking myself, you know, what can I do to honor my wife? And a few years ago, my kids were little, and I thought, I'm going to honor Gina by taking care of the kids. I'm going to give her like a special day. She can go get her nails done. She can go to the store. She can just go, just go do whatever women like to do, okay? And I'll take care of the kids. And the kids were, were, were very small, and they were crying, and they were, you know, just, just bouncing off the walls. I didn't know what to do. I've never been very skilled. In fact, I'm still a little bit afraid of little babies, you know little preschoolers and all that. And I called her and I said, you have got to get home, um, you know, as soon as possible. The kids are driving me crazy. I don't know what to do. And she said, Ryan, I've only been gone for 15 minutes. (laughs) And in my mind, I thought that she had been gone for at least two hours. You know, it felt like to me. But then I felt bad when I called because it had only been 15 minutes. 15 minutes to me seemed like an eternity. But I was trying to honor my wife. And, 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 you know, you'll do some things for your spouse when you try to honor them. It's a good thing. Marriages are better. Families are better. Relationships are better when we honor. When we honor. When we do a little extra. Sometimes I clean up around the house if I know Gina's had a bad day, you know, or a hard day. I want to clean. I want to do something extra. I want to honor her. I want to give her some money to go do something fun. Honor, honor. And this communicates love, and it says, you are a priority. Now, this is what the writer of Proverbs is saying. He says, listen, when you give, you're telling God, God, you, I love you, I'm committed to you, I want to esteem you, I have a relationship with you. Listen, God is not just a force in the universe. God is a person, and you have a relationship with God. And part of that relationship begins with honor. And you can build honor with the Lord as you, as you give and as you tithe. So why, why is it wise to tithe? Well, it honors the Lord. But secondly, it also puts me in the place of blessing. It puts me in the place of blessing. If you keep reading in Proverbs 3, 9, verse 10 says, Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. In other words, when you give... God begins to bless. Do you see that correlation? I'm giving and God is blessing. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with new wine. In other words, God blesses what belongs to him. And that word be filled in verse 10 is in the imperfect tense in the Hebrew language, which means it's an ongoing process. So as long as I'm giving then God is blessing. I'm giving, and then God is blessing. Do you see it? Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 uh, says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Uh, we think that we will have more by hoarding, But in reality, generosity opens up the economy of God for God to pour out blessings. 
So listen, don't buy into the lie that says that all of this is mine and I'm going to have more if I just hang on to more stuff. God is going to bless you. God's going to bless you. I know this is a scary step if you haven't done this before. If you haven't practiced biblical stewardship, you may be like, oh my goodness, this is, this is overwhelming. But God is going to do great things. God's going to do great things. God is the giver of raises. You know, a few years ago, we had a really great family in our church. They came to Christ here. They'd never been to church before. They got involved. They wanted to start tithing. And the, the husband said to me, he said, Ryan, I, have, I haven't gotten a raise in five years. You know, I just, I, I, I just I don't know if they like me at my job. You know, I, I kind of like being there, but, you know, sometimes I don't know. Do I need to find a new job? Well, he started tithing, and about three months later, he called me. He goes, this is amazing, Pastor. Um, I just got a significant raise, and, and I'm not doing anything different than what I was doing before. I'm doing all the same stuff. You know, I, I didn't come up with some new accounting scheme or do, do something new. But the only thing that changed in my life is I started, I started to tithe. And I said, you know, God, God wanted you to come to that conclusion. God wanted you to see some things that you had never seen before. And you know what? He began to see the wisdom of tithing. Um, we got a text from somebody else this week that just got a promotion at work. Who's a tither? Why are we surprised? Now, I can't promise you today that when you, if you begin to practice biblical stewardship, that tomorrow you're going to have a massive increase. I'm not going to tell you that, but I'm just going to tell you that God blesses the things that belong to him. It is part of the economy of God. It's the way that the universe works. It's the way that God moves. Don't discount it. So you actually will gain by giving. And this sounds kind of contrarian. It feels different. But it is the way that God works. You know, a few years ago, we were having a, a capital stewardship campaign. We were raising money to move into this building. And a lady said that she felt like she needed to raise her commitment $10,000 to our, to our building project. This is a middle-class family. This is not somebody who's wealthy. And we, we had asked the church in this particular season of of, of our congregation to make three-year commitments. And she said, I want to raise that $10,000. A few weeks later, she, she came to the office totally freaking out. I thought something bad had happened. She, she got an unexpected check in the mail for $10,000. And she was just astounded by that. She was like, I felt led to make this commitment. I had no idea where that money was going to come from. And then, boom, this starts to come in the mail. Let God work, let God move, commit your finances to God, and see what he will do. Listen, some people say, well, when should I start tithing? You know, as soon as possible is my answer. People think, well, should I do it once I get out of debt? Should I do it when my bills are less? Should I do it when things are more stable? No, you, you tithe because you want to put God first in your life, and when God is first, then his blessings begin to help you to overcome debt and to overcome hardships and things like that. You need the power of God in your life. Number three is it not only allows God to bless me, but it protects me from becoming selfish. Now, there's a lot of other benefits to being a generous person. Your heart will be better. Your life will be better. And there, there is this propensity to be selfish. We all feel that 
you know, that, that grind. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So I want to have a big world. I do so by being generous. When you're selfish, your world gets really small because all you can think about is me, 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 me. But when you're thinking about God and you're thinking about others, your life begins to be bigger. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with so many sorrows. See, Timothy says, listen, unfortunately, some people left the faith because all they could think about was money, 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 money. And money pickled their brain and to a point where they couldn't think straight anymore. And he says, but it's the love of money. Now, listen, money is not good or bad. It's the love of money that gets us into to the path of destruction. That, that's what gets us into trouble. It's the, I got to have more. I got to live in a bigger house. I got to have a better car. I got to have a larger life. Me, 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 me. Have, 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 have. That, that, that's the love of money. And listen, giving will break the hold of materialism over your life. If you're a person that feels like you always have to have these things, I gotta wear these shoes, I gotta, I gotta have this status, I gotta have people see me this way, begin to be a giver because it'll do something beautiful in your heart and it'll draw your heart closer to God and protects me from becoming selfish. Uh, it's the love of money. Man, God doesn't want us to be hoarders. We need to also teach our kids to tithe. You know, in our kids' ministry, we have this plastic funnel thing, and the kids put their change in it, and it spins around and around and around and around and around, and the kids love it, and they bring in their, their offerings with uh, little Ziploc baggies, you know, and, and it's creative, and it's fun, and I know the counting team is always like, you know, counting up the pennies and the nickels, 96, 97, 98, it's really funny. But the kids are learning to give. And shouldn't we teach kids to give? Isn't that a good thing? If kids learn to give, then when they become young adults and older adults and all that, we're passing on a powerful spiritual legacy in the lives of our kids. Now, greed is subtle. You know, I mean, I've talk, I'm a pastor. I talk to people about their sins all the time, okay? I don't think I've ever had somebody call me and go, Pastor, I'm really a greedy sucker. I really struggle with the greed. I've had people call and say, I lied. I've had people call and say, I stole something. I've had people tell me, I cheated. I hear those. I just don't think people sit around and go, you know, I'm greedy. But is greed a problem? It is. It's just one of those deep, it's one of those deep heart issues. And it's the kind of sin that nobody else really sees or fewer people see that. When you lie, people see that. When you're greedy, it's just kind of below the surface. A lot of times people don't really know what you're struggling with. But listen, we can fix it. We can begin to transform our heart through the practice of generosity. And Timothy, Paul said to Timothy, listen, don't let 
Don't let selfishness, the love of money, ruin your heart. Uh, the psychiatrist Carl Menninger uh, did a bunch of studies on generosity, how it affected people. And he, and he, he discovered that, that it is one of the essential components of mental health. And in one study, he, he concluded that people who are generous are almost never mentally ill. It's the cure for selfishness. That's powerful, isn't it? If you've got some mental health issues, maybe you struggle with some depression or some other problems like that, giving can be a great, great remedy. Uh, money can make you dishonest, shallow, and arrogant, but gratitude can make you grateful, generous, and responsible, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, it protects me from becoming selfish. Uh, number four, uh, the wisdom of giving, giving is wise because it makes me trust God. Now, if you're living on 90 instead of 100, you have to have, most people have to have a little bit of faith, okay, unless you're like a multimillionaire, you know, maybe. But most people, you're going to have to trust God. To give the way God wants you to give, you're going to have to trust God. It, it is an exercise in faith building. Your confidence in the Lord is going to go up because you're going to see God's provision. You're going to see God's movement in your life, in your career, in your family, in and through generosity. Okay. Now look at this in Proverbs 3, 5. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Christians love to quote that Bible verse. That is like one of the top verses in the Bible. People love that one. But notice it's tied to verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So there's a, there's a correlation between trust in the Lord and God, God's blessings. Do you see it? Verse 9, verse 10 are connected there to 5 and 6. And if we want to have our barns filled with plenty and our vats bursting with wine, we have to trust in the Lord. So when you write that check, when you make that donation, when you make that contribution, you are doing so in faith and you are believing that God is going to help you and God is going to fill in the gaps when you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get this done this month. I don't know how this all works together, but I am believing and I am trusting in God. Your faith is going to grow, grow like crazy. Uh, Finances is, for many people, one of the last areas that they learn to trust God in. And God can do something really awesome in and through that. Uh, the context of Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 is trusting in the Lord. Uh, when you're in debt, it's the greatest time to start giving. Because God's going to help you. It makes you trust God. Uh, it also teaches, teaches me discipline uh, in my spending. Okay, look at there in Proverbs 16, 9. We should make plans counting on God to direct us. Counting on God to direct us. Uh, plan to tithe. Okay, now we should have planning and we should have faith. Do you see them together? Look at that. We should make our plans, planning, counting on God to direct us. Giving, tithing, faith. I'm believing that God's going to lead me. I'm believing that God's going to direct me. I'm also making plans. You're not less spiritual because you have a plan. You should plan and believe at the same time. 
and you should budget. You should budget it out. In fact, I rarely talk to people who budget their, budget their tithe, or, or excuse me, that don't, that don't budget their tithe, that actually become tithers for long periods of time. Because if it's not planned, it tends to get pushed to the back. It doesn't happen that regularly. So we should make those plans counting on God to direct us. We should plan and we should believe. And the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. So planning is is a good thing. It's a wise thing. It's a godly thing. It teaches me discipline um, in my spending. It's a spiritual discipline. It's like prayer. It's like Bible study. We call those spiritual disciplines. Giving is one of those. Bringing friends to Christ, bringing friends to church is part of the Christian expression. And the same is true when it comes to giving. It's one of those areas. Um, I have found that people, uh, when they start giving, they will go through and scrub their budget and they will cut some things. And sometimes people find out they were spending money on things they didn't really need anyway. You know, because it makes you more disciplined. You're like, I didn't need 17 online movie subscriptions, right? I could, I could probably survive on one. And it, it, it forces you to be more disciplined. That, that's planning. That's a good thing. Some of you could probably come up with 10% of your budget that you could give to God just simply by cutting out the stuff you're not even using. You know, but I know others of us today may really be hurting. I remember when I got my first job, I was making $22,000 a year. Gina and I were living in one of the dirtiest, filthiest apartment complexes that, you know, that you could live in, in our city. And I know what that's like. I know what it's like. We were eating spaghetti and, you know, drinking Kool-Aid for dinner, you know, multiple nights a week. I get it. I know that. But you know what? If you will be faithful to God, if you will do the things that God has called you to do, you will have more. You will have more opportunity. You will walk in the blessings of God, and God will build your faith, and great things will begin to happen. Okay? It may not happen overnight. You know, sometimes people are like, Pastor, I've been tithing for two weeks, and I'm still in debt. Well, it's a, you know, I'm like, well, how many years did it take you to get into debt? 25 years. Okay, that's probably not going to get unwound in just a few days. But keep giving, keep living by faith, keep seeing what God has for you, and you probably will be surprised what will happen. Okay? So it's a beautiful thing. Here's the final thing I want you to see. Check this out, man. When you give, it brings joy. It brings joy. Generosity makes me happy. Okay, uh, there's a researcher named Christian Smith. He put out a study recently, and, and uh, he, he concluded that feeling good is a product of doing good and that it is part of our neurochemistry. So he said when you give your time and you give your money, it gives you an emotional boost. It releases endorphins, dopamine, and other chemicals in the brain that make us feel good. So when you do good, you feel good. How many of you, when you do something nice for somebody, it makes you feel good? Is that true? Yeah, like most of us would say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if, if you feel bad all the time, do something nice for somebody. See how you feel, right? Giving and tithing is the same, is the same way. When you, when you are doing good, you're going to feel good. You're like, this is what God wants me to do? I feel good. I feel good. I feel better. Maybe it wasn't so painful. I thought it was going to hurt, and it didn't. 
It was actually better than I thought. Now, everything that you have is a gift from God. And God has been generous to you. You know what? God has been generous to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who came and died on the cross for our sins. God has been extremely generous to us. And now he wants us to respond in generosity to him. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. This verse just kind of makes me smile. You know, there's a reason why it feels good to give. It feels really good. And it's a joy. You know, this week our church is sending a gift to help Afghan refugees. That feels good, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel good to know that our church is able to help others that are in need? We do that because the people of Edge Church are generous. If the people weren't giving, we wouldn't be able to do things like that. But we are, and it feels good. Last Wednesday night, we had a fantastic group of teenagers that were here for, for, for our youth night. And it was great to see all these kids having fun at church. Didn't that feel good? When you give, you make that happen. We had kids learning the Bible today. We have people giving their lives to Christ here at Edge Church. It, it feels good. It feels good. Giving is a positive thing. It's a good thing. We shouldn't look at it as God's taking from me. We should look at it as, no, this is a blessing to participate in God's economy. And we love it. And people are coming to Christ and our kids' ministries and youth ministries are expanding and you know, we're able to help people in need. All this feels good. It feels good to give. Well, God wants us to wise up today. He wants us to have more wisdom. And he wants us to not just live harder, but to live smarter. And when God has our finances, God has our heart. It's a beautiful thing. And I want to challenge you this week to move forward in faith and to give as God has called you to do so. Let's pray together for just a moment.